Midwest Sisters Rewatch Podcast. I am Cassie, and I am here with Carrie. Hello. How's it going? I'm pretty good. Got a short week this week. Yes, we got we got the Christmas coming up on Friday. That's right, and New Year's next week. So that's crazy. Yeah, it's nice because there's not another day off for a while after the New Year. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> well, I get Martin Luther King um, Day off in January. Oh, yeah. But yeah, then nothing until like, you know, gosh, Memorial Day. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the next big one that rolls around. So. I think so. Yeah. So it's nice to get together with the fam. Nobody's having... We couldn't all get together at Thanksgiving because one of our family members had some COVID symptoms. Yeah. But he's all good now, so we can all get okay. together for Christmas. Well, that'll be good. Yeah. We check our temperatures and everything, so we're cool about it. Yeah. yeah. Just be as safe as you can, and that's all you can do. That's right. And then you and I are going to FaceTime Christmas morning and open up some gifts, too. Yeah. Yeah. That'll be fun. Yes, it will. Although I can't say I will be sad to see 2020 go. but <laughs> I know. Other than my wedding, I'm, I can let it go. Yeah. Yeah. I, I want the end of the pandemic and <laughs> the end of politics and everything else. Tired of it yeah. all. Yeah, let's just, let's. Let's forget 2020 happened. <laughs> yeah. Other, other than your wedding, that was the high point. It really was. Because it was like, other than that, everybody always looked forward to it. And then it was like, oh, that's okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They're like, yay, 2021. Yay. <laughs> Let's try this again. <laughs> yeah. I saw somebody's has one of those inflatable things on their lawn for Christmas and it had a face mask on. I'm like, goo. Oh my goodness. Could you just not? I know. But I have noticed that I didn't hear as many reports of, um, (laughs) of, uh, oh shoot. I forgot it. Of putting toilet paper in people's houses. <laughs> no, that's still being hoarded. <laughs> Nobody has been toilet paper to Franklin. Because I think it was in in the UK. They were saying that there's an, a new strain of COVID now that's that's gonna sweep and it's, oh, it's gonna be more contagious. Doctor Fauci said not to worry about it. <laughs> okay. Okay. He's only changed his mind eight times now. Yeah, really. <laughs> Nobody knows. Oh, no, I know it. I know it. It's got to end yeah. sometime. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, well, we hope everybody's healthy and happy out there. Yes. Hope everybody's staying safe and has a nice Christmas. Not like they listen to our show anyway. Well, we have a bunch of lurking Lizzies. <clears throat> and they listen, but they don't they don't participate. But we want them to. I know. What do we they have don't to like- 
Ew. <laughs> I have to do a contest. Maybe. <laughs> we'll give out stimulus <laughs> checks for feedback. <laughs> but even then, we probably would do a contest and they still wouldn't. <laughs> I'd be like, fuck your stimulus check. <laughs> oh well gracious Mm-mm-mm. so what episodes are we doing this time we are at the finale of season one with episodes 23 and 24 exodus part one and part two cool i think you're taking part one for us okay so exodus part one was written by God help us, Linda Loft and Cuse. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, it wasn't too bad for them. <laughs> well, yeah. he had Cuse there to help him, so right, that's true. Yeah, thank God, thank you, Cuse, 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 Cuse. It was directed by Jack Bender, who we've heard many times this season. Mm-hmm. And so we start out with a flashback. <laughs> and this is, uh, we were in a hotel room with Walt and Michael and Vincent. And they're still in Sydney because they're going to catch the plane back to LA. And Walt decides to turn on the TV. I I'm not sure what he was watching. It looked like the Power Rangers or something. I think it was the Power Rangers. Oh, yeah. Okay. I was never <laughs> a big fan. Our nephew uh, was. Yes, he did like Power Rangers. Back in the day. Wow. I guess you have to. Yeah. Hmm. But he he turned Walt turned the cartoon on there or whatever, Power Rangers. And it was a pretty loud volume. And um, it was like five in the morning and Michael's like, go to, go back to sleep. And he's like, I always watch this show. He's like, well, turn it down a little. And he turned it up. (laughs) I I would have got my pet slapped for that. And he got mad. He's like, turn it down. So Brian lets me watch it as loud as I want. Like, well, I'm not Brian. So Walt gets mad and grabs Vince's leash and starts walking. He just strolled out of the hotel room down the hallway. <laughs> and Michael had to chase him down. He's like, where do you think you're going? He's like, leave me alone. And uh, somebody stepped out in the hallway. He's like, you guys all right? And he's like, yeah, he's just my son. And Walt's like, I'm not. His son, you're not my father. Oh my God, I know he's been a little brat, but he'd been through a lot. Yeah, he just lost his mom. Yeah, poor kid. And this takes us back to the island, and Michael and Walt. We see them sleeping there, and Walt wakes up and he goes over to the tree to have a wee, and um, he sees Danielle walking up to the camp. And she sees him. I know. Yeah. She's kind of, she was kind of lurking. Mm-hmm. She was being a lurking Lizzie. 
But Walt sees her and he runs and wakes his dad up, tells him somebody's in the camp. And um, Sawyer says, uh, she's got to be the French chick. And the baby's turnip head starts to cry. (laughs) And Danielle keeps looking at Claire and staring at her with the baby. Mm-hmm. Really crazy. Mm-hmm. And Saeed comes up to her and says, Daniel, Daniel, <laughs> what are you doing here? She's like, The others are coming. Dun, dun, dun. And so Danielle tells the story of the ship she was on that crashed on the island 16 years ago. And there were six of them on her team. She said it was my team, six. And she was seven months pregnant at that time. So she delivered the baby herself. Damn. I know. So weird how women do that. Mm -hmm. I'd be like, no. (laughs) I'd be like, Claire, you're staying in until I'm ready. You're just staying in there. You need I'm to holding get, my breath. I need to get some more. <laughs> then she said that the baby and her were together only a week when she saw black smoke coming up from in the island and further into the island. And that was the night that they came and they took her baby, Alex. Mm. And now they're coming again and they're coming for all of you. And <laughs> Jack said, he's coming. Me. And then he smacked her. <laughs> <laughs> she said, ouch. The others, you only have three choices. Run, hide, or die. Ooh. I was like, wow, you're just a brother fresh air in the morning, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> Get this chick some coffee. She brings good news. So we see Jack and Locke. They're walking on the beach. And Jack's like, well, she blew up her own shelter. Now she's talking about seeing black smoke and hearing whispers. He doesn't think she's playing with a full deck. And Locke says, that doesn't mean that she's not, what she's saying isn't true. And Jack's like, well, if you want to focus on the what if, be my guest. But I got to see what's tangible. And right now, that's the launching of the raft. I'm like, okay, whiny. Thank you, whiny McWinerson. God, so old. So they, they're walking down the beach toward the raft, and now they're at the raft, and Jack asks how it's going, and Michael's like, well, I wanted to get off the island today, but after we get the rudder done we have to lay the rails to get it down to the water and jack said well wouldn't it save time if we were laying the rails while you were finishing the rudder and he's like yeah but we have a shortage of manpower and he said well when could you leave if you had enough people and he's like well how many people would you need to leave sooner and he's michael said everybody And Jack's like, okay, give me 20 minutes. 
So Jack goes and grabs a bunch of people and says, okay, we have to have everybody working on the raft. Because he's such a little go-getter. And so everybody starts trying to push the raft on these rails to get it down to the water. And um, I guess the the raft starts picking up momentum and it starts moving on its own and it kind of crashes mm-hmm. before it makes it to the water and the mast breaks off. <laughs> <laughs> And Michael's upset. And he's looking at, he's giving Sawyer a dirty look for some reason. Giving him the side (laughs) eye. Sawyer's like, what are you looking at me for? It's not my fault. He's like, you missed a lever. Sawyer's like, yeah, it's because you couldn't keep the raft going straight. (laughs) Everybody, they're all arguing. And Walt says, dad, look. And they look into the island and they see a pillar of black smoke on the horizon. (laughs) So then we see Jack and Locke and Saeed and Hurley. They're gathered around Danielle. And Jack asks, how many of them are there? And she said, I told you all I know. And Saeed says, well, there has to be more that you're not telling us. How did you know? And she says, well, you have a bigger problem. I can't. I, she said, I can vanish into the jungle, but I'm just one person and you have 40 people. Where are you going to put them all? Good question. Yeah. And so Hurley says, dude, whoa. And Danielle's like, what is this? Jack said, well, we were hoping you could tell us because um, they, we, all the characters are at the hatch now with Danielle. So that's what they're talking about. And Danielle said that she's never seen anything like it. And Hurley's like, um, how do we know we can all like fit in there? (laughs) (laughs) Locke's like, well, there's no handle on the outside. And that means that they're, should be another way in. And Saeed says, no, this is a mistake. We don't know anything about these others. We're reacting with no information. This hatch might even be theirs, which, yeah, it's plausible. Uh-huh. And he says, Saeed says, black smoke on the horizon doesn't mean that. And then Danielle interrupts and interrupts him and says, it means they're coming. And Jack says, yeah, we got that. I'm like, God damn, bitch, whatever. Me. God. He's like, you need a time out. Locke says, well, you booby-trapped your shelter with explosives. Do you have any more? And she's like, dynamite, it's at the Black Rock in the Dark Territory. And Hurley said, well, that's three reasons to go right there. <laughs> <laughs> She says, if we make it back by sunset, we'll have to leave within the hour. So this takes us to the next flashback. <laughs> and we see Jack at, air, at the airport bar. And a woman comes in and she sits near him. And this is Ana Lucia. 
I forget her real name. I don't remember. Oh, I can't remember her real name. Shoot. She was in the Fast and Furious movies. Yeah, she was real pretty. She's gorgeous. Mm-hmm. So she orders tequila with tonic and a wedge of lemon, and she <laughs> turns to Jack and asks him why he was yelling at the girl at the check-in counter. <laughs> and he's like, um, do I know you? She's like, oh, I'm on your flight. So your dad died, huh? And he's like, I thought you couldn't hear what I was talking about. And she's like, I was being polite. And so he tells her about his dad dying. And uh, Anna Lucia says, you don't wear a ring because you're single or because you don't like wearing one. And Jack's like, you asking me if I'm married? He's like, are you? He's like, no, not anymore. I was like, oh, no. Yeah, we just saw him get married. And Jack orders another tequila and tonic for Anna Lucia. And um, he says, why are you drinking tequila and tonics at 10 to noon? And she says, I hate flying. And they stuck me in the back of the plane where the wheels come down right under your feet. She asks him where he's sitting. He says, 23B. And she's 42F. She asks him if he wants to trade tickets. And um, they just laugh. She gets a phone call and says um, that she has to take this call, but we'll have the next drink on the plane. And uh, she says, okay, we'll do that. And she says, Jack, the worst part's over. And her name is Michelle Rodriguez. That's what it is. Yep. And she doesn't have a really good. <laughs> she doesn't have a good um, relationship with this show. No, it doesn't end. She basically, well. kicked off later on. Yeah. But her storyline was a good one. Interestingly, since we've talked about it before, the religion we were raised in, she was also raised as a Jehovah's Witness. Was she? Yeah, she was. I didn't know that. She was, she was a pretty vocal activist against it for a while. but Good for her. Yeah. A lot of famous people. Um, the Jacksons. Michael Jackson's family. And the, the Wayans family. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, well, damn, we're not, we're not famous. <laughs> <laughs> they squashed our potential. <laughs> now we're famous podcasters. That's right. With no feedback. With three people who listen and no feedback. <laughs> That's all right. We're kings in our own mind. We're having fun. <laughs> yes, we are. Okay, so we're back on the island. And um, Jack's on the beach and he's giving a speech, of course. And he's telling them... Um, what they're going to do <coughs> that they have a plan that they're going to go in the jungle and get some supplies and they'll be back in a few hours. And in the meantime, help Michael with the raft. And after that, um, go to the caves and we'll be back as soon as we can. I promise. <laughs> oh God. I know. I was like, what are you? Okay. 
and then arts says arzt a r z t arzt says hey nice speech plans a little flawed but hey nobody's perfect damn i know he's so cool and he's like a chunky guy mm-hmm. he totally looks like a high school science teacher yep which is what he is and jack's like what plans me and art says your plan is you're going to go to the jungle and get some dynamite and blow up in a hatch and then you're going to hide everyone inside you want to keep a secret don't tell the fat guy (laughs) (laughs) his early's like damn (laughs) jack's like what do you want arts and he says god knows how long that dynamite has been out there and from what i can tell madam nutso doesn't seem too concerned <laughs> with how to handle it. So he's, he's so names too. <laughs> Madam Nuts, so that's me. So he says, so unless you want to blow up, I'm coming with you. Jack says, okay, grab some water bottles. We're leaving in a half hour. He had a point. I mean, dynamite that's been sitting around a while is not going to be very safe. So. Right, because it sweats nitroglycerin, doesn't it? Yeah. Dynamite does. So if it's been sitting there, that's just because it's been sitting in heat and humidity on an island. Yeah. So yeah, it's going to be dangerous. Mm-hmm. Wow, arts the smartest. <laughs> so we now we see Michael and the others working on the raft, and Michael says that they can salvage the cable, but they need new bamboo for the mast. And that we need to fix the rudder before we can even um, do anything else. And Sawyer comes up asking if they need some help. And Michael and Jen, they kind of ignore Sawyer and walk by him. And Sawyer's like, this isn't my fault, so put me to work. Michael says, no offense, we just work faster this way. Okay. And then this takes us to our next flashback. And we see Sawyer in a police station in Australia. And he's talking to um, a policeman by the name of Calderwood. And he's asking Sawyer if he remembers him three nights ago. He says, you were holding here thrashing and fighting, and you were being escorted by my desk, and you you kicked it, and you broke my mug. And it's, this mug's all glued back together, and it has a picture of a woman and a boy on a vacation. And Sawyer just says, nice kids. And he says, sadly for you, breaking my mug was not the most significant mistake you made that evening. And he says, come on, doctor, I got into a bar fight. Isn't that a badge of honor in this country? And he's like, well, do you know who you had butted in that bar? He was the Honorable Warren Truss, Minister of Agriculture, (laughs) (laughs) Fisheries and Forestry. And so I was like, he had butted me. And he said, but we, we... 
have witnesses that he didn't do any such thing. <laughs> and so he's like, yeah, of course, and smiles. And he says, you think this is funny, James? James Ford, assault, wire fraud, identity theft, bank fraud, telemarketing fraud. And so he's like, what, is this going someplace? And he's like, you're um, a scavenger. You're a con man who preys on the weak and needy. So tell me something. How do you live with yourself? And Sawyer says, I do just fine. He says, huh, do you? You're not even worth what it would cost to for us to incarcerate you, which is why you're being deported. Your plane leaves this afternoon. You're banned from ever setting foot in Australia again. And Sawyer's like, well, don't you worry. I ain't ever coming back here. Which, I, I don't know. That was kind of weird. Yeah. I really, I really didn't understand it. Other I guess it was to the way his, his real name. Yeah, just to explain why he didn't. I guarantee you that was a Lindelof idea. <laughs> I can guarantee you it was. Oh, Lord. So that takes us back to the island and Sawyer's chopping damn um, bamboo pole and Jack comes up and he says, Oh, a lumberjack. And he's like, what? He's like, I never asked you what you did back in the real world. So I'm taking a, going to take a wild guess, a lumberjack. And he's like, is there something I can help you with? Cause I got work to do. And Jack says, um, he hands him a gun and says, I've got something for you. You're the only one on the raft who knows how to use one. And he says, what do I need a gun for? Jack says, just in case. And so he says, you think we're going to run out of food and water? Am I supposed to put the kid out of his misery? <laughs> Jack says, just in case. And so he says, what are you doing with the rest of them? He said, I'm giving them to Saeed. He said, going into the jungle after the boomsticks, huh? He says, yeah. And so he says, by the time you get back, we'll be in the water. So I guess this is pretty much goodbye then. Jack says, yeah, I guess so. Good luck, Sawyer. And um, Sawyer calls back to him and says, about a week before we got on the plane, I was talking to this man at a bar in Sydney, and he was an American a doctor and um, and it turns out this guy had a son and his son's a doctor too and they had some kind of falling out and the guy knew it was his fault even though his son was um, still back in the States thinking the same thing he said uh, see kids are like dogs you knock them around enough and they'll think they did something to deserve it and he said, anyway, there's a payphone in this bar, and this guy, Christian, tells me that he wishes he had the stones to pick up the phone and tell him that he was sorry, and that he's a better doctor than he'll ever be. He's proud, and he loves him. He goes, I had to take off, but something tells me he never got around to making that phone call. Small world, huh? Jack just says, yeah. And Sawyer says, good luck. 
that was that was, that was that was sad, but nice. It was. Sawyer totally redeemed himself. Jack was crying though. That was sad. Oh, he was. It was so sad. But now we know that Christian, you know, really did love him and and thought that he was yeah. a good doctor. Yeah. Yeah. So now we go to another flashback. <laughs> and this is Kate and the Marshall. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> it's Kate again. And they're at an airport official's office. I'm <laughs> sorry. This flashback was just stupid to me. I, I'm sorry. It was Lindelof. I'm telling you. It was just stupid. God, he doesn't know how to place something anywhere. He can't. Episode. Kills me. Anyway, sorry. Anyway. So this Australian official, he says, um, he opens the Halliburton case and says, you're going to be armed? And the marshal says, uh, yes, an ankle holster. And he says, well, you have to show this um, in the crew luggage compartment in the front. You have to store it there. Mm-hmm. And the marshal says, no problemo. And he says, why do you need five guns? The marshal says, gee, you want to tell him, Kate? Why do I need five guns? And she doesn't say anything. And he just says, she's shy. And the official <laughs> pulls out the toy plane out of the case and said, what's this then? And Marshall said, well, that's a good story. You want to tell that, Kate? And he grabs the plane and says, this belonged to her childhood sweetheart, who she got killed a couple years ago, years ago, when she was on the run. Poor guy, wife, two-year-old kid. What's his name? Hmm. Well, somewhere along the way, during the three years that I was chasing her, she starts calling me at my house and whining about her mitigating circumstances. But what she's really doing is taunting me. So I tell her that I got what's-his-name's little toy airplane in a safe deposit box in New Mexico. So she somehow figures out which bank and which safe deposit box, and she seduces some idiot to rob (laughs) the bank. And then she puts a bullet in her new friend's head because she's done using him. But she leaves all the money and she just takes the plane because that's the one thing in the whole world that Kate does care about. She has no attachments. And I think she's telling herself she needs it to atone for killing her boyfriend. What's his name? Come on, Kate. What's his name? And she jumps up and pins him to the wall. Whatever. I was like, really? She's like, he's five times her size. She's 95 pounds. I know. She's like, Tom, it's Tom, you son of a bitch. And the marshal elbows her in the face. <laughs> she falls down. And Marshall, the marshal says, and that's why I need five guns. And he kicks the plane away from her as she tries to grab it. Oh, so stupid. I, know. I was like, okay, thank you, Lindelof. Yeah, we know um, she's a badass, okay? Ugh. And thank you for reminding us what a shitty character she is. Exactly. Reminding yeah. us what you did to her character. Nice writing, moron. Anyway. So we're back on the island. And Kate's coming up to Jack. And she asks him if he's heading out. And he says yes. And she says, well, I was thinking that I might go with you for old time's sake. I want to help. 
And he said, you won't be here for the raft launching. And she said, yeah, well, I'm not very good at goodbyes. Jack says, go grab your stuff. Why she always got to be going? I don't know. She's probably afraid to stay there with Sawyer because he embarrassed her ass in front of everybody. (laughs) So there is a shot of the black smoke and Charlie, um, he's collecting messages to put in a bottle so they can put it on the raft when they get rescued. And, uh, Charlie says, um, I think it's one of the other passengers that is not important. He puts a message into the bottle and Charlie says, thanks. I'll keep it safe. And he says, Locke, do you have a message? It's going on the raft. You know, dear mom, everything's fine. I'm on the island. Unless, of course, the black smoke people turn up. Love your name here. (laughs) For when they get rescued and they can contact your family. Locks like message in a bottle. That's sweet. <laughs> and he pats Charlie on the shoulder and just walks away. <laughs> and Charlie goes up to Hurley and says, You ready? And Hurley's like, Okay, here you go. Hurley says, Don't look at it. <laughs> he says, You got it. And he starts to look at it. <laughs> and Hurley's like, Dude, do not look at it. <laughs> So Charlie goes up to Arns and says, Arns, do you want some paper? And he says, I gave it the office. Okay. So Michael uh, runs into Hurley as he's leaving the the beach area. And um, Hurley says, good luck, dude. And he looks at Walt and says, keep dry, kiddo. And Michael and Jack say goodbye and um, Jack says oh he says goodbye to Jen also Yeah. and we see Kate looking around for Sawyer so she goes up to Charlie and she asks if he's seen Sawyer and he's, Charlie says no and then Charlie says uh, goodbye to Kate. He says, take care. And so we have our team going for the dynamite. And they stop to take a break. And Locke asks Danielle, uh, where, where did she get the scratches? Because she has scratches on her arm. Mm-hmm. And Danielle says, a bush. Locke said, wow, mean bush. <laughs> Daniel just says, we have to keep moving. <laughs> you <laughs> so talk Hurley, too much. You talk too much. So Hurley talks to Arntz and says, let me ask you something. Uh, Arntz. And <laughs> he says, Arntz. He says, not Arts. A-R-Z-T. Arts. And Hurley says, sorry, man, it's hard to pronounce. He's like, yeah, well, I know a bunch of ninth graders who pronounce it just fine. And Harley says, well, can I just call you by your first name? And he goes, "Mm, how about you don't? 
And Hurley says, why not? I remember it from the Plains Manifest. I think it's, I think Leslie's a bitchin' name. <laughs> <laughs> he just says, Arnts is fine. <laughs> Leslie. I think Leslie's a bitchin' name. <laughs> a bitchin' name. <laughs> he tried to make him feel better. <laughs> Poor Hurley. So they come to a piece of black fabric hanging up. From a branch, and it's the dark territory. <sighs> yeah. She says the Black Rock isn't far. This is where it all began, where my team got infected, and where Montan lost his arm. And um, Art says, You know what? I'm going back. <laughs> Jeff says, I thought you wanted to help. And he's like, I wanted to help, but that was before Martin lost his freaking arm. <laughs> Jack says, what about the dynamite? Art says, just be careful with it. And he leaves. <laughs> I was like, wow. He really just gave up. So we see um, Michael and Jen at the raft. And they're arguing as to where everything goes. Sawyer comes up with a bamboo pole and says, hey, chief, cut and measure to length. Perfect mast. And Michael thanks him. Sawyer says, well, all right. Now, are we going to get off this rock or are we going to stand around talking about it? And then we flash back to the dynamite expedition. And they're in the jungle now and it's raining. And they hear a real strange sound. And Kate says, did you hear that? And Arts comes running to warn them. And we hear the sound of the monster afterward. He's <laughs> going, run, run. <laughs> Poor guy. <sighs> and um, Locke says, just be still. And we hear the sounds of the monster. And uh, Daniel runs into a bamboo stand. And she motions for Kate and Jack. She's like, here and here. And Hurley's like, dude. We got to go. Locke said, wait, it's, it's headed the other way. And the rain stops. Daniel says, okay, we're safe now. Kate's like, what is that thing? Daniel says, it's a security system. And Jack's like, security system? What does that mean? Mm. <laughs> Daniel said, it's purpose is that of any security systems to protect something. And Kate says, protect what? Daniel says, the island. Hmm. So Hurley and Locke meet up with Danielle and Jack and Kate. And Hurley's like, um, where's Arns? <laughs> and here comes Arns. He, he said, it's Arts, you idiot. <laughs> Hurley's like, dude, I thought you were dead. <laughs> Arts says, can we just please go get the dynamite? So, I guess Arts is back on the team. <laughs> so, we see Shannon at the beach, and she's folding Boone's clothes. All right, now this part made me cry, and I don't care. I know. So Walt comes up, and he says, why are you folding the clothes? She's like, because I'm anal. <laughs> and you never say that to a kid, but whatever. Because <laughs> they're going to go, what's anal? <laughs> and she says, there's something you want. 
Walt says, I think you should have Vincent. Oh. And she says, are you serious? He's like, he'll take care of you. And Shannon's like, what do you think I need a dog to take care of me? And he says, well, Vincent took care of me when my mom died and nobody would talk to me. They pretended like nothing happened. So I had to talk to Vincent and he's a good listener and you can talk to him about Boone if you want. Oh. I was so sad. It was so sweet. And Shannon says, all right, but only until you get us rescued. So. She was tearing up, too. Oh, my gosh. It was, it was so sweet. Mm-hmm. And so we go to a flashback. <laughs> and this is Shannon. She's doing some kind of word search puzzle at the airport. And the airport announcement says that Flight 338 to Fiji will be delayed. And Saeed comes next to Shannon and he lays his bag down. He says, excuse me, would you mind watching my bag for a second? I'll be right back. And she's like, sure, whatever. And he says, okay, thanks. And uh, Boone comes to Shannon and says, I couldn't get us into first class. And she's like, why not? And he's like, "Uh, maybe you... Shouldn't have yelled at the gate agent. <laughs> she said, what, are you on his side now? He's like, one day you're going to appreciate everything I do for you. Shannon's like, yeah, I can't wait for that day. <laughs> so this takes us, it reminds us back to the pilot when she was looking at the dead bodies. She's like, I think I was mean to him. I was mean to him. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we see... Uh, Shannon and Boone, they're on an escalator in the airport. And Shannon says, you can try again with the gate agent. And Boone says, will you just let it go? And she's like, excuse me for not being pathetic enough to not want to sit next to some crying baby for the next 15 hours. <laughs> said, oh, God, you can be such a bitch. And she's like, oh, you want to play? I will get you thrown off this flight. Boone's like, oh, how are you going to do that? She goes, I could do whatever I want. I could tell them, and Boone interrupts her and says, tell them what? Who's going to believe you? You're not capable. And Shannon says, you have no idea what I'm capable of. And she goes up to an airport cop and says, "Um, some Arab guy just left his bags in the chairs downstairs and walked away. The cop says, well, can you describe him? She's like, "Um, Arab? He went towards the shops. Oh my God. I know. And she looks at Boone and said, How's that? It's like, you're a bitch. She's awful. She is. But by not getting first class, they got saved. Mm-hmm. So she should appreciate what Boone did for her. <laughs> and so now we're on the island again. And Martha Raft and Saeed said that um, he tells Sawyer that he salvaged a few things from the Beechcraft. And he said, this is the plane's radar emitter and it needs to be mounted on the mast or the top of the cabin. And then Saeed says to Michael to um, use it once every hour or so. And it'll show you if any ship's are on the horizon, approximately like 25 miles around. 
and the same with the radio transmitter. And he hands Michael a flare gun. He said, this was in the plane's toolbox. There's only one flare, so choose it wisely. And we see the dynamite expedition team. Locke says, why are we stopping? Daniel says, because we're here. This is the Black Rock. And there's a really old ship called the Black Rock. And so we have another flashback. (laughs) And this is Sun, and she's carrying a tray back to the table where Jen is waiting at the airport. And Sun says uh, in Korean, she says, I'm really hungry now. There was a lot of people in line and there wasn't much to choose from. So I just got us some simple things. And uh, she's putting a napkin in Jen's lap. (laughs) There's a lady at the next table. And she tells her husband, if you ever catch me doing anything like that for you, shoot me. (laughs) Her husband says, don't knock it. Their divorce rate is 20 times lower than ours. And of course, son can understand what they're saying because she speaks English. And uh, she knocks over a drink onto Jen and she tries to help. And um, they're speaking back and forth in Korean. And Jen asks where the bathroom is, and Sun kind of looks around and points. And the lady at the next table, of course, she's like, oh, my God, it's memoirs of a geisha come to life. And her husband's like, hey, watch your volume. She's like, relax, they don't even speak English. How do you know, bitch? I know. Weird. Another kind of strange flashback, but I, I guess they had to get one for everybody before they went on the raft for some Ignorant reason. Well, that one's kind of explained in the next episode, but still. I guess so. Yeah. Oh. So now we're on the ra- uh, the island again, and Sun comes up to Jen at the raft, and Jen, um, he sees her start to walk away, and um, well, he sees her, and then he's. He starts to walk away. Mm-hmm. And Sun comes up to him with some papers. And she says, this is for you. And he's trying to read them. He says, a starboard. And she's trying to tell him that's this part of the boat in English. So you can help Michael. And... Um, she says that she wrote out a bunch of words... Simple English words. And uh, because she thought it might help him on the raft. And he says, I'm sorry. And she says, I am too. You don't have to go. And he says, you don't understand, son. I'm in this place because I'm being punished. I made you suffer. You don't deserve any of this. And he says, I have to go because I'm going to save you. Stay with Jack. He'll keep you safe. And she says, who will keep you safe? And they hug each other. And son says, I love you. And he says, I'm so sorry. And she says, it's okay. And then they kiss. So at least they made up. Yeah, that was sweet. Yeah. 
So we see um, Shannon. She gives Charlie a message for the bottle. And everyone's gathered around the raft and everybody's hugging and saying goodbye. Charlie gets that's the sad music. I know, that's sad music. <laughs> and Charlie gives the bottle to Sawyer. And they push the raft out into the water. And Walt says, bye, Vincent, bye. I know. And then Vincent starts to swim after Walt. I don't care. I was crying. I lost it. I was like, God damn it. He wants his boy. (laughs) I cannot take animals. I cannot take it. No. Then he tells him, go back, Vincent, go back. And Shannon's trying to reel him in with his leash. <laughs> and uh there um Vincent he turns around and Shannon gets him and Sawyer puts the sail up and it and makes it out. Michael says, What did I say? Walt's like, We did it and then everybody's waving goodbye and there goes the raft, and then there's a shot of the pillar of black smoke. And that's the end. So at least they got the raft complete, and it's in the water. Yes. That was a sweet scene when they left. Everybody was cheering. Yeah, it was really nice. It was really sweet when they do those group shots. But when Vincent went swimming toward Walt, like, God I damn it. Know. He was probably like, why are you leaving me? <laughs> oh, oh, I can't take it. So. That was Exodus part one. Ah. And you are going to do Exodus part two. Yes. So our opening scene is of the baby's eye. Because we like to do those opening scenes on people's eye. Turnip head. And he's crying. And Claire can't get him to calm down. So Charlie comes over and he's like, Claire, everybody's leaving. We got to go. And she's like, well, I can't go anywhere because I've got the baby and I'm tired and I can't carry him and he's wet and I don't have any more nappies. (laughs) Charlie reaches for the baby. He's like, well, let me help. And she's like, no, no, nobody ever taught me how to do this. So what I'm doing, she's freaking out. And Charlie says, it's going to be okay. And she said, why do people keep telling me that? Are they the ones with the baby? <laughs> so we see Saeed and he's got a group of people following him. And he's telling him, we've got to be there before sundown. Once you reach the cave, stay there. The rest of us will be right behind. And Charlie walks up and tells Saeed he needs a gun. He said, I know Jack gave them to you. I want one right now because I have to protect Claire. Saeed said, Russo and the other- said the others wouldn't be here until nightfall. Charlie said, Russo is certifiable. What if they show up before? <laughs> and Saeed said, the last time I handed, you handled a sidearm, Charlie said, I killed a murderer and did us all a favor. And Saeed said, Charlie, you're emotionally involved. Just let me handle the weapons. And Charlie said, but you're not here all the time and you can't protect Claire, so I need a gun. And Saeed said, if you really want to help her, get her packed, carry her child to the caves. That's what she needs. So then at the Black Rock, Hurley (laughs) says, how exactly does something like this happen? (laughs) And Danielle says, are you on the same island as I am? (laughs) 
exactly. There's a polar barrier. And Hurley's like, yeah, I guess that explains it. So Jack, Locke, and Kate, they move toward the ship. And Art says that, uh, stays where he is. And Danielle starts to wander off in the other direction. And Art says, like, wait, what, you know, what are we, a couple miles inland? And he said, a tsunami probably swept this here, right? And Jack um, sees Danielle. She's she's leaving. And he's like, where are you going? And Danielle says, the explosives are in the hold of the ship. And he's Jack's like, well, wait. And she said, I did what you asked. You need a dynamite. You don't need me. And she leaves. And Locke just says, let her go, Jack. And he's like, well, who's going to lead us back? Locke said, I'll lead us back. And Jack says, damn it, you heard her. The explosives are in the hole. Let's go. So Arts is like, wait a minute. He's like, I came here to tell you how to handle dynamite, not explore a ghost ship. So I think I'm going to go. And Jack's like, you just stay out here. And Hurley says, "Uh, I'm going to stay with Arts. So Jack, Locke, and Kate uh, get on the ship and they're looking around and there's a bunch of skeletons all chained up. And Locke says, slaves. The ship must have been en route. He said the ship must have been en route to a mining colony. And it probably set off from the eastern coast of Africa, Mozambique. And then Kate finds the explosives. And meanwhile, Arts and Hurley are outside. And Arts is saying, my third wife, she says, get this. She says, I didn't sign up for this. Now you tell me, what the hell is that even supposed to mean? <laughs> and Hurley doesn't even respond. He's like, what, am I boring you? Hurley's like, huh? <laughs> and Arts is like, you know what? I, I'm sorry I'm not cool enough to be part of your merry little band of adventurers. And Hurley's like, what? And he said, I know a click when I see it. I teach high school. And he's like, you know, you think you're the only ones on this island doing anything of value, but there were 40 other survivors of this plane crash, and we're all people, too. And Hurley's like, okay. <laughs> you have issues, Leslie. <laughs> so back on the ship, Kate picks up, has a pickaxe, and she's going to open the box of dynamite. And she's like, we could probably get it open if I just, and Jack's like, no, we we need to take it outside. She's like, why? Because we don't even know if it's, and Jack's like, no, you're going to try to pry open that crate and it's going to explode. And Locke's like, yeah, I agree with Jack. We need to take it outside and open it there. And Kate's like, okay, whatever. So she grabbed the end of the crate and Jack's like, I got it. You lead us, you lead us out. So Arts and Hurley are outside. And he's still going on <laughs> about his life and his job back home. <laughs> and he's like, it's not just the teenagers, you know, the gym teachers. Do you think they let me sit with them in the cafeteria? No. <laughs> and Hurley's like, dude, this is all in your head. And Art's just like, really? Well, then explain why Kate gets the best pieces of wreckage to build her shelter. And why the Korean guy, does he ever catch fish for everybody on the island? No, he does not. And he said, some of us have actually lost weight since we, while we were here. Now you mind telling me where you're hiding the carbs? I was like, God. Asshole. So he sees 
Jack and Locke coming out with a crate of dynamite. And he's like, what the hell are you doing? He's like, I want you to put that down carefully. And they do. So he's like, now get out of there. Come away from there. He's like, move away from it. And Jack's like, what are you doing? He's like, shh, be quiet. And he explains that, you know, this dynamite's been sitting in 90 plus degree heat. And he opens up the crate and he's like, it's, you know, dynamite, it sweats nitroglycerin. And Jack starts moving toward him and he's like, did I ask you to come closer? (laughs) So then he removes a stick of dynamite very carefully. And he said, dynamite is nitroglycerin stabilized by clay. And nitroglycerin is the most dangerous and unstable explosive known to man. And he tells Kate to give him her shirt that she had on. And um, he says, I need it to wrap the dynamite. And so she gives him her shirt. And he's like, "Um, have any of you ever hear about the guy who invented nitroglycerin? Probably not because he blew his freaking face off. (laughs) And he wets down Kate's shirt and wraps it around the dynamite. And he said his lab assistant came into the room, saw his mentor detonated, and said, huh, I guess the stuff does work. <laughs> so we're not going to take any more of the stuff than we need to because nitroglycerin is extremely temperamental. So we and the dynamite explodes. <laughs> and pieces of arts rain down around them. Oh. It was nasty. Early, like, dead. <laughs> So then we get a flashback. So we're back with Sun and Jen at the Sydney airport. And she was um, opening a sandwich box. And she's like, do you want it cut in half? She hands it to him. And then that's when she spilled the coffee on him. Yeah. And he asked where the bathroom was. She pointed it out. And then we see Saeed and he's walking with airport security. And the airport cop's like, I'm sorry for the inconvenience. So it's like, yeah, I'm sure you are. And he said, well, sir, your bag was unattended. So he's like, am I free to go? Cop's like, yes, sir. It's like, good, because I have a plane to catch. <laughs> so Shannon got him in trouble. <laughs> so then we see Jen, and he's in the restroom cleaning his shirt. There's another man in there washing his hands. And he says, hey, could you hand me a paper towel there? This one, this dispenser's broken. Jen's like, I don't understand. And he's like, oh, oh, you don't speak English. I'm sorry. So he goes and grabs a paper towel. And then he says in Korean, here's a paper towel. And Jen looks up. He's like, huh? And the man says, I work for Mr. Paik, your father-in-law and employer. And Jen said, you've been following me. He says, yes, and I know you're planning to run away, but you're going to take that watch to Mr. Pig's friend in California. You do anything else, you will lose her. You're not free. You never have been, and you never will be. Damn. So we're back on the island, and we see uh, Jen, and they're just enjoying being on the raft. And Walt says, Dad, look. And it's a shot of the island. And... Michael's like, how does a place this big never get discovered? Sawyer said, I don't know, but you could build yourself one hell of a beach resort right over there. (laughs) And Michael's like, yeah, you build your resort, but I'm happy to say goodbye. 
And Walt was like, what about everybody else? Do you think they'll be okay? And uh, Michael's like, I hope so. At least until we can get him some help. And Sawyer's singing. And he's singing a redemption song. And Michael's like, you, you singing Bob Marley? Sawyer's like, no. It's like, why? You like Bob Marley? Michael's like, man, who doesn't like Bob Marley? <laughs> so then we see Sun at the beach, and she's looking out at the water and at her wedding ring. And we see Shannon behind her, and she's struggling with her luggage and getting Vincent to follow her. And Saeed walks up. He's like, do you really need all that? And she's like, yeah, I do. And he's like, why do you have to bring so much? And she's like, don't you have a hike to lead? And that's when she drops her suitcase and Saeed sees that she has some of Boone's clothes. And she grabs him and she's like, I'm fine. And Saeed said, well, these belong to your brother. She's like, I need these things. I can't just leave them. And she starts crying and she's like, what are we doing? Hiding. It's as if they won't find us. It's, it's too much. And Saeed strokes her hair and he says, it won't be too much if I carry it for you. Now, come on. I have a hike to lead. Oh. He's sweet to her. He is sweet to her. So then we see Hurley, and he's sitting on a log, still at the Black Rock, and Kate sits down next to him. She's like, you okay? He's like, that was messed up. And she's like, yeah. He goes, he just exploded in front of us. He was trying to help. And this, he says, this is because I came. And she's like, what? And he said, I'm kind of bad luck. And she says, it was an accident. He's like, yeah, an accident. And then we see Jack and he's wetting down a shirt to wrap dynamite in and Locke reaches in for a stick of it. And Jack's like, Hey, we should think about this. Locke said, all right. And Jack said, well, maybe this isn't the best way. And Locke said, it's the only way Jack. So he reaches in again and Jack's like, well, how many do we need to blow the hatch? And he says, two should take care of the hinge three to be safe. Jack says safe. And Locke said, I'm removing the driest pieces to minimize our risk in transporting it. And he reaches in for another stick. And he's like, do you ever play Operation? And Jack's like, yeah, don't touch the sides. Locke said, I always got nailed on the funny bone. And he picks up a stick and goes. <laughs> and Jack flinches and he's like, you like to play games, John? And Locke says, absolutely. <laughs> Not crap. So then we see uh, a shot of the baby and Claire is getting ready to leave and Charlie walks up. He's got something over his shoulder and he says, okay, I know we're in a rush. So I solved the turnip head transport issue. <laughs> <laughs> he said, this is just a blanket from the plane and there's a piece of wood in here that goes uh, through this bamboo. And so he demonstrates it, how it works. He's like, here you go. It's a Bjorn. <laughs> a Bjorn. She said, a Bjorn? He said, it's Dutch for baby carrier. She's like, okay, thanks. And so Claire kisses his cheek and thanks him. Okay. And he's like, oh, that's okay. And so um, suddenly Danielle walks up. And she's like, Saeed, where is he? And Charlie's like, what? She's like, Saeed, where is he? Charlie's like, well, he already left. She said, I need him now. And she's like, there's no time. Where is he? And Charlie's like, okay, we'll just calm down. I'll go get him for you. And he tells Claire to stay there. 
So Charlie runs off yelling for Saeed and Claire asks Danielle what happened out there. And Danielle's just staring at the baby. She won't take her eyes off the baby. And she's like, what's his name? And she's Claire's like, I haven't named him yet. She says, may I hold him? And she says, why do you need Saeed? And Danielle said, you don't want me to hold him. And Claire's like, no, I, I just fed him and I don't think it's a good idea. She's getting more and more nervous. Uh-huh. And Danielle's like, please. And then Claire looks down and sees the scratches on Danielle's arm that Locke asked about. And we get a very brief flashback. And uh, Claire's struggling. And it was with Danielle. And she scratches her arm. And Claire says, why did I do that? Why did I scratch you? See? So then we get another flashback. We see Charlie and he's in a hotel room. And he's searching for heroin. And there's a girl. She's lying in the bed. Her name's Lily. And she wakes up. And she's like, well, what's going on? And Charlie said, well, my flight for L.A. leaves in a couple of hours, so I got to get moving. And he finds a little bit of heroin left in the bathroom. And she's like, well, you, do you want to do one more bump for the road? And he's like, oh, it's all gone. We did it all last night. He's like, I got champagne. And she starts to, like, panic. Uh-huh. She's like, you've got to have some left. He's like, no, don't have any more. I'll look you up next time I'm in Sydney. I'll send you an autographed copy of my CD. You can listen to it whenever you want. <laughs> She's like, I don't want your piece of crap CD. <laughs> your piece of crap band. <laughs> oh, my God. You can listen to it whenever you want. <laughs> and Charlie's like, well, last night in the bar, you said you were a fan. She's like, fine. I'm a huge fan. Drive through is the best damn band ever. Drive <laughs> through. <laughs> She's like, no, just give me the bump because I know you've got some. <laughs> and Charlie's like, shaft it's drive shaft <laughs> and she goes into the bathroom looking for the heroin and he pulls it out of his pocket oh and she comes back she's like what's that he's like nothing <laughs> she's like are you holding out on me and he's like what so she corners him and she's like give it to me and they start fighting <laughs> and she one. needs him she needs him in the groin <laughs> and then they start they're still wrestling around yelling at each other and finally she she starts hitting him and he throws her off of him (laughs) and she's like you're pathetic and she grabs the champagne and leaves but he charlie's still got the heroin oh thank god oh my gosh i can't imagine i know that mm. it must be awful to be an addict i can't imagine i've never been one so i don't know what it's like but it it must be awful desperation Mm. need something that bad that's must be horrible yeah yeah but then we're back on the island and we see charlie looking for saeed and he catches up to him and he's like russa's on the beach and she says she needs you saeed's like well what for he's like i don't know and then they hear screaming so they start running back and son is next to claire and she's on the ground and um She's got a son's holding a a cloth on Claire's head and it's bloody. And the baby's gone. And so Saeed's like, well, what happened? And son's like, her head, she's bleeding from her head. And Claire's like, where's my baby? 
and um, Saeed asks if Russo was alone. And Claire's like, did she take my baby? And she's freaking out. Mm-hmm. And Saeed's like, Claire, which way did she go? She said, I don't know. And Charlie punches Saeed. He says, this is your fault. You brought her into the camp if you'd have just given me a gun. And he goes to hit him again. And Saeed grabs him by the throat. And he says, do not hit me again. You're wasting your time. You want to waste time assigning blame? There's plenty to go around. No shit. He shouldn't have left Claire alone with her. Exactly. He said, so she has a head start. If we leave now, we can catch her. And Charlie's like, well, how are we going to do that? It's like, because I know where she's going. And Claire at this point is hysterical. She's screaming. So then back at the Black Rock, um, Jack says, well, we can carry all the sticks in my pack. And the more insulation we, we stuff in there, the better. And Locke says, well, I think we should split them up. Because it's not smart to keep them all together. If we split them up, if we need three sticks to blow the hinge, then we'll bring six, three and three. Fail safe. In case one of us (laughs) blows up. And Jack's like, okay, you and me then. And Kate steps in, of course. She's like, no, I'm taking one. And Jack's like, not going to happen. She said, this is why I came. And he's like, well, then you wasted a trip. She's like, I need to do this. And he said, Kate, no one owes anyone anything. She's like, I, I'm doing, I'm carrying one. <sighs> and they go back and forth for far too long. And Locke's finally like, we'll draw straws. He's like, they're coming. We don't have time to argue. Let's just, we'll let fate decide. And so Jack turns to Hurley. He's like, what about you? You want to carry some dynamite too? And Hurley's like, <laughs> he points to the back of Jack's shirt and he says, You got some arnst on you. <laughs> and so Locke uh, has the sticks to draw and he says, Short sticks carry the packs. So they draw theirs. Kate and Locke draw the short sticks. Yeah. And Locke's like, Looks like it's you and me, Kate. You and me, honey. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, from the movie Clue. Yeah. Classic. <laughs> so back on the raft, Walt, Michael, and Jen are looking at the radar screen. And Walt's asking what all this stuff does. And Michael's like, well, the transmitter sends out an SOS in case anyone's listening. And if there's anything out there, we'll see it on the radar screen. And uh, so they turn it on and Michael's like, come on, somebody find us. And Walt sees Sawyer, and he's reading the messages that were in the bottle. (laughs) And Walt says, hey, those are the messages everybody wrote. Sawyer said, sure are. And Walt said, they're private. Sawyer said, yep. I, for one, never knew how much Tracy missed her hubby and two kids back in Fresno, yet she's sleeping next to good old Scott to keep her warm at night. (laughs) And Walt said, that's Steve. Scott's dead. (laughs) And sorry, it says, whatever. It's, a, it's all right, Kazoo. We got to keep ourselves entertained. Kazoo. He said, who the hell is Hugo? And how's he got $160 million to save his mom, to leave to his mom? And Walt's like, well, how would you like it if I read yours? 
Sawyer said, you can't read mine. I didn't write one. And Walt's like, why not? He said, because the only letter I ever wrote is to the man I'm going to kill. And Walt said, why are you going to kill him? He says, because I need to. And of course, like a kid, Walt says, why? Sawyer says, because. <laughs> and then we see a shot of the black smoke. And Saeed and Charlie are running towards it. And Charlie said, well, why would she go for the black smoke? Isn't that where the others are supposed to be? Saeed says, the others are precisely why she would go there. Russo told us she saw black smoke the day her own child was taken 16 years ago. And Saeed stops at the gun case. And he says, they took something from her and now she believes she has something they want. So basically she wants to try to trade for Alex. God. So Charlie's like, she's making a trade. He's like, yes, I believe she is. Charlie said she's insane. Said said, don't try to apply reason to her actions. She's a mother who's lost her child, just like Claire. And he hands Charlie a gun. He says, it isn't about revenge. Don't make it personal. And then uh, Claire and son come up and Claire says, I'm coming with you. He's like, no, it's not a good idea. She's like, it's my baby. I let her take him. And... Charlie tries to calm her down and she hits him and she says, don't tell me what to do. Charlie's like, calm down. And she's still going on. I'm coming with you. This is my fault. You can't stop me. And um, finally she just, she's exhausted. And she she says, get him back, Charlie, get Aaron back. And Charlie's like, Aaron. And uh, Claire just says, please just get him back. And he says, I'll get him back. I promise. Then we have another flashback. So we see Michael and Walt at the Sydney airport. And Walt's playing a video game. And Michael says, do you want something to eat? Walt doesn't respond. He's like, okay, I guess that's a no. Uh, It's like, if you're worried about Vincent, he's going to be okay. Dogs fly in the luggage compartment all the time. And he's like, all right, I got to call work. I'm going to go right over there to the payphones. Don't go anywhere. So Michael's on the phone and he says, no, I live in a studio apartment. I got to be out the door in the morning for work by 5 a.m. Who's going to watch him? How's he going to get to school? What's he going to do after school? He says, I can't do this, ma. So he's talking to his mom. And he said, I was thinking maybe you could take him. If it's a question of money, I and we see Locke roll by in his wheelchair at that point. He's like, what am I supposed to do with him? He's not supposed to be mine. He was never part of the plan. And then he says, yeah, well, thanks a lot. And he hangs up and turns around to see Walt standing there. So he heard everything he said. And Walt says, I need new batteries. <laughs> so back on the island, Michael and Walt are on the raft. And Michael is steering and he says, hey, do you want to try? Walt's like, what? He's like, come here, you drive for a while. Walt's like, really? Michael says, absolutely. He said, the most important part of the boat is the rudder. It's how you steer. You turn it gradually, nothing sharp, and push it this way. Walt asks where they're going. And Michael holds up a compass, and he says, we're going approximately north by northeast, so hopefully that puts us into a shipping lane or we hit some land. And Walt says, what do I aim for? And he says, see that cloud on the horizon? You aim for that. So Walt says, got it. 
And then out of nowhere, he's like, how come you and my mom didn't stay together? And Michael says, well, we tried, but it just didn't work out. So we just went in different ways. And Walt said, well, how come I never saw you? And Michael said, it's because your mom didn't want me to. She did what she thought was best. And Walt said, well, she was wrong. And Michael smiles. And then all of a sudden, the boat shudders and hits something and the rudder comes loose. And Jen shouts out, rudder! (laughs) Rudder, rudder. He does that one. So Michael says, oh, we hit a log and we lost the rudder. Uh, We're losing it. It's sinking. And Sawyer takes off his shirt. Woohoo! His shoes and, and jumps in the water and starts swimming for the rudder. Um, and Michael's calling after Sawyer. And Sawyer's like, no, the rudder, it's sinking. And so Michael throws a rope out to him. Sawyer says, I can't, I can't reach it. So Michael throws a rope again. And he catches it. He tells him to tie it around the rudder and we'll pull you in. So they pull Sawyer and the rudder in. And um, Michael is pulling Sawyer up. He's like, oh, you just saved our asses, buddy. And Michael picks up Sawyer's gun and wraps his shirt around it. And Michael said, here's your shirt. You should put that back on before you burn. (laughs) So then we see Jack and he is helping Kate put her backpack on. And uh, Kate's so sorry. Yeah, well, look at the drop. So, Locke says, the sunset's in 90 minutes, give or take. If you want to get back to the hatch, we need to hustle. And Jack's like, okay, this is how we do this. I'll lead. Kate, you're behind me. Then Hurley. Then John, you bring up the rear. You see me heading the wrong way. And Locke's like, well, we should stagger our formation to keep a safe distance from each other. Jack's like, all right, we stagger. But if anyone hears or sees anything, Hurley said, like the security system that eats people. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, like that one. Jack's like, yeah, like that. So do you should take off your packs and put them down and run? And they said, okay, we got it, Jack. So then we see Son, Claire, and Shannon, and they arrive at the caves. And Son tells Shannon, because that's where the last place she saw Boone's body. And she, Son tells her he died bravely. And Shannon said, huh? She's like, your brother. Shannon's like, yeah, thanks. And Son said, do you think all this we've been through, do you think we're being punished? And Shannon said, for what? And something said, for things we did before, secrets we kept and lies we told. And Shannon said, who do you think's punishing us? And Son says, fate. And Claire says, no one's punishing us and there's no such thing as fate. So then we see Saeed and Charlie, they're running and climbing a rocky shore. Syed's like, you okay? Charlie's like, I'm good. Keep going. Syed's like, well, we're losing light to so try to keep up. And Charlie's like, I'm, I'm coming. Syed starts to get too far ahead. And then he hear he, Charlie hears him shout over here. And so he catches up and Syed's like, you can barely breathe. We need to rest. And Charlie's like, ah, but She's out there right now. He's like, in another mile, you're going to collapse. So we're taking a break. So they stop where the uh, beach craft was. And Charlie's like, oh, is this where Boone fell? So he's like, yep, plane was up there. He asks where it came from. 
Said said, based on the maps inside Nigeria, anyone on board? Said said, two men dressed as priests. Said says, drug runners in disguise. He picks up one of the Mary statues and tells Charlie that the plane was loaded with heroin. I was like, God damn it. And so he picks up his pack and says, all right, now we go. And Charlie's just staring down at the heroin. Damn it. I was like, oh, God damn it. So then we see Jack, Kate, Locke, and Hurley walking through the jungle. And Hurley's like, so what do you think is inside of the hatch? And Locke's like, what do you think is inside it? And Hurley says, stacks of TV dinners from the 50s or something. (laughs) (laughs) TVs with cable, cell phones, clean socks. Oh, Twinkies, you know, dessert for after the TV dinners. (laughs) <laughs> Twinkies keep for like 8,000 years, man. <laughs> and Locke starts laughing. He's like, I like Twinkies too. And Hurley's like, come on, what do you really think is inside? And Locke said, hope. I think there's hope inside. Hmm. So they continue walking and they hear a bird and it calls and flies away and it kind of spooks everybody. And Hurley's like, whoever named this place Dark Territory? Genius. <laughs> So then Sorry, I lost my place. You're lost. I'm lost. I believe isn't this where we got the to be continued? Is it? At this point? Um no. Um, It's um No, because that's when we see the the black shadow. Okay, I think I found it. It broke up on me here, so I was oh. Okay, yeah, part three. Anyway, <laughs> so then we hear a chittering sound, and Jack and Kate see a black shadow in the distance to their right. And Jack looks at Kate, and she's like, "Yeah, I saw it. We need to go." So Jack, Kate, and Hurley take off. But Locke stays where he's at. And then we hear footsteps or the sounds of the monster. And so Jack takes his pack off and runs with Kate and Hurley. Locke takes his pack off and tries to go get a closer look. And Locke sees him heading toward the monster. And Jack's like, Locke, what are you doing? And he runs after him, calling his name. But then the sounds of the monster kind of disappear and Locke stands still. Then there's an, another footstep to his right and he falls. And Locke's expression changes from wonder to terror as he sees the monster above him. So then Locke scrambles to get away. Jack runs after him. We see Kate and Hurley running. And Kate turns around and calls to Jack. She runs after him. And 
then Locke is captured by the monster around the ankle and gets dragged. And so Jack runs and grabs hold of him. And he's barely able to keep hold of him. He's being dragged along. And then uh, Jack says, I need a dynamite, Kate. And she takes her pack off and he's like, no, no, it's in my pack. Oh, my God. Just go get it. Hurry. And Locke's like, just let me go. I'll be all right. And Locke tries to let go. And Jack's like, no. He's like, no, just let me go. I'll be all right. So Kate comes back. And she's got the dynamite. Jack tells her to throw it. And Locke's like, no. And Kate's like, it'll blow us up. Jack's like, just hurry. I can't hold him. And Locke's yelling at Kate, don't do this. And Jack's yelling at her, throw it. So she throws the dynamite in. And we hear an explosion and a cloud of black comes up behind Locke. And then Jack and Kate pull Locke up. And then there's a shot of Jen's watch and a pad of paper on the raft. Michael picks up the paper. He's like, hey, did your wife make this for you? Jen's like, son. And he's like, oh, so she sounded it out so you could learn English. Like, yeah. She's like, yeah, I wish she'd made one for me. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, so what words are here? English words? What can you say? Jen says, starboard, aft, port, sail, eat. Michael kind of laughs. He's like, yeah, she did you well. I hope you know your lucky man. And Jen indicates that the rudder's fixed. And he's like, back in business. All right. So Michael grabs the watch. They give it back to Jen. He's like, oh, hey, it's yours. But Jen offers the watch to Michael. And he says, you. And Michael's like, what? And he puts the watch in Michael's hand. He says, you. And Michael says, oh, thanks. So then we see Sun and Claire, the caves. And Sun says, I made you some tea. Claire's like, oh, I'm fine. Thanks. Um, and Sun says, Aaron is a beautiful name. What does it mean? And she says, I don't know what Aaron means. And Sun says, well, they'll bring him back. And she says, don't say that. And Sun said, they will. And Claire said, how do you know? She said, because he said he would. Charlie will bring your baby back to you. So then we see Charlie and Saeed running through the jungle. They see a blanket on the ground. And Charlie runs over. And Saeed's like, Charlie, wait. But he picks up um, what he thinks is the baby. But it's a booby trap, of course. (laughs) And a net full of rocks falls down on Charlie. And Saeed's like, Charlie, let me see. And he's got a bad gash above his eye. Saeed said, we need to put pressure on it. So he hands Charlie a towel and they put some pressure on it. And uh, Saeed said, she's been here 16 years. She's learned how to set traps quickly. Um, So he's looking at his eye. He's like, it's not too deep. It's bleeding. You're going to have to go back. Charlie's like, no, I'm not going back. You're going to have to fix it. Saeed said, I'm not a doctor. He said, you're a soldier. What do people, what do you do when people get wounded? He said, I can't go back without the baby. Saeed says, don't move. And he gets a bullet and opens it and tells him to remove the towel and tilt his head back. And Charlie's like, this is because I hit you, isn't it? (laughs) (laughs) So Saeed pours the gunpowder onto the wound, which, oh, God, that had to hurt. And so Saeed 
gets a match. He's like, this isn't going to be pleasant. So he counts to three and puts the match to the gunpowder. And Charlie, of course, screams because that had to hurt really bad. So then we get another flashback. So Hurley wakes up in the hotel room and he sees that his clock and lamp don't work. He pulls up in the curtain and sees that an electrical outlet's burned. And he's like, oh, man. So he's frantically packing up and then he's on the phone. He says, I need my car. 20 minutes? I can't miss my flight. My mom's birthday is tomorrow. So he runs into the elevator and, of course, it's full. So he runs for the stairs, but we see Charlie in the elevator. And Charlie's like, some of us have a bloody flight to make. And Hurley's running through the hotel lobby. And on his way to the airport in the car, the car breaks down. So he pulls off the road and starts running. (laughs) Then we see him in the airport, running through the airport. And he arrives at the check-in desk and they start checking him in. And he's like, anyway, we can hurry that up. Because my mom's birthday is tomorrow or today. I don't know. I don't really get the whole time change thing, but I got to make that flight. And the ticket agent's like, I'm going as fast as the system will allow me to. You're confirmed for seat 20G. However, the airline has a policy that a man of your size must purchase two tickets. And Hurley's like, what? He said, I didn't have to do that on the flight out here. She's like, am I going to have to weigh you? Oh. He's like, fine, whatever. I'll buy the one next to it. She's like, oh, okay, here are two together. Book it. She's like, uh-oh. He's like, what? She said, it appears your flight's already boarding in the Oceanic Terminal, and this is the domestic terminal. Oceanic International Terminal, this is the domestic terminal. I don't think you meant to make this flight. So he's running through the airport again, and he runs to the front of the security checkpoint, and as the security agent says, back of the line, Hurley said, no, you got to let me in. You don't understand. Says back of the line. So Hurley gives up and leaves. But we, at that point, we also see Arnst, Arnst in line. And the security agent says next. And Arnst says to the man in front of him, now you're taking the computer out now. So <laughs> Hurley sees a guy on a motorized scooter. And he's like, hey, old guy, I'll give you 500 bucks for your scooter. (laughs) And he's like, I just had a hip replacement. I need this thing. Hurley's like, okay, 1600. So then we see him on the scooter. (laughs) And he gets to the gate when the door is closing. And Hurley's like, hey, hold it, hold the door. And the agent says, sir, the jetway's closed. He said, please, for the love of all that is good and holy in the world, let me on this plane. And he says, all right, one second. So she picks up the phone and she's like, this is your lucky day. And Hurley gives her a hug. (laughs) So then we see him walking in the jungle at night and he's whispering the numbers. The numbers. Numbers. And he takes a big breath where the eight should be in his reciting. And Kate says, did you say something? He's like, nope. She said, I thought, I thought I heard you say 23. He's like, does that mean something to you? The number 23? And she said, the guy who called the feds on me back in Australia did it for a $23,000 reward. Means something to you? And Hurley said, nah, just a number. We better catch up. Okay. So then we see Jack and Locke 
And Locke says, we shouldn't be this close together. Jack said, we blow up, we blow up. What the hell was that about back there? And Locke said, what? He said, you asked me to let you go. Locke said, yeah. Jack said, that thing was taking you down the hole and you asked me to let you go. Locke said, it wasn't going to hurt me. He said, no, John, it was going to kill you. And Locke said, I seriously doubt that. And Jack's like, look, I need for you to explain what's going on in your head because I need to know why you believe that thing wasn't going to. And Locke said, I believe I was being tested. And Jack was like, tested? He's like, yeah, I think that's why you and I don't see eye to eye sometimes, Jack, because you're a man of science. And he says, I'm a man of faith. Do you really think all this is an accident that we survived? Many of us with just superficial injuries. Do you think we crashed in this place by coincidence, especially this place? We were brought for a purpose, a reason. Each one of us was brought here for a reason. And Jack's like, brought here? Who brought us here, John? And Locke said, the island brought us here. It's not an ordinary place. You've seen that. But the island chose you too, Jack. It's destiny. And Jack says, did you talk with Boone about destiny, John? And Locke said, Boone was a sacrifice the island demanded. And what happened to him at the plane was part of a chain of events that led us here down a path that led you and me to this day right now. And Jack says, well, where does the path end? And Locke said, the path ends at the hatch, all of it. All of it happens so we could open the hatch. And Jack's like, no, we're opening the hatch to survive. And Locke says, survival is all relative, Jack. Jack says, I don't believe in destiny. And Locke says, yes, you do. You just don't know it yet. Daddy broke it down. Yeah, you did. Okay. So back at the raft, Walt is sleeping. Sawyer's at the radar equipment. Michael's like, I just turned it on a little while ago. Sawyer says, well, Saeed said to do it every hour. He's like, look, we're only 15 miles out. We could be here for a while if the battery runs out. Sawyer's like, hey, he said every hour. So he switches the equipment on. Nothing. Um, Michael's like, five minutes, no more. Sawyer gets an attitude. Uh, he's like, aye, aye, you know what I like about you, Mike? You got the patience of a saint. And Michael's like, yeah, why do you say that? He said, I've seen the way he talks to you, the way he runs around, does whatever the hell he wants. I had a show it in the back of my hand a long time ago. And Michael said, you would, huh? He said, hell of a lot cheaper than a shrink. He said, is that what your father did to you, show you the back of his hand? He said, my daddy never got a chance to beat me. He shot himself when I was eight. Michael said, is that why you want to die? He said, since you told me, since the day you told me you wanted off on this raft, I couldn't figure it out. Why does a guy who only cares about himself want to risk his life to save everyone else? The way I see it, there's only two choices. You're either a hero or you want to die. And Sawyer says, well, I ain't no hero, Mike. Then there's a blip on the radar screen. And Michael says, something's out there. So then we get another flashback. Locke is in his wheelchair at the gate. And the agent says, I'm sorry, sir, but the special wheelchair that we use for loading the stable passengers, no one seems to know where it is right now. And unless we find it, I can't. I'm not sure I can get you on. And Locke says, there's not another flight until tomorrow. And she's like, yes, I'm aware of that, but there's nothing I can do. And he said, um... There was a JD, 
was there and he says, look, I can get Michelle and we can carry him on. Would you mind if we carry you on? And Locke's like, no, that'll be fine. So JD and Michelle carry him to his seat. And she, Michelle says, if you need anything, just press the call button. He's like, okay, thank you. And he pulls out what looks like the safety flight safety card from the seat back and drops it. It's too far away for him to reach it. So then back on the island, we have Locke, Jack, Kate, and Hurley. They arrive at the hatch. And Locke says, Hugo, take these extra sticks back a couple hundred yards. Hurley's like, me? He's like, oh, okay, got it. So Jack hands him his pack. He's like, be careful. Hurley says, can I have a flashlight? Because the torch was with the dynamite thing, not making a whole lot of sense to me. (laughs) So Jack hands him the flashlight, takes the torch, and Hurley leaves. And Locke tells Kate to run the fuse. And then next scene, we're in the distance. We see the black smoke. And Saeed and Charlie approach the fire. And we see that the black smoke's coming from a fire on the beach. And Charlie's like, what is that? Saeed said, there's no footprints, no tracks. He's like, this is it? Where where are they? Saeed's like, I don't know. Then they hear a baby cry. And Saeed calls out, Danielle. And Charlie's upset and he's yelling and Saeed's like, calm down. So then they hear Danielle crying. Saeed's like, Danielle, I can hear you come out. He needs his mother. So she comes out of the bushes and she says, they weren't here. Saeed said, you just have to give us the baby. And she said, I just want my Alex back. And I thought if I gave them the baby. And Saeed said, it's okay. And he takes the baby, hands him to Charlie. Charlie says, I've got him. There never were any others. You started the fires yourself. Danielle says, no, I heard them whispering. Charlie's like, you're a nut job. You didn't hear anything. (laughs) Danielle said, I heard them say they were coming for the child. The others said they were coming for the boy. And Charlie tells her she's pathetic. And then we see Locke and Jack setting the I know. She's freaking out. Yeah. So... Um, Log and Jack are setting the charges and Jack, Jack pushes the fuse into the dynamite and they move away from the hatch toward Kate. And she says, this is as far as it goes. Locks like, it's good enough. I'll take it. Take cover. There'll be enough burn time for me to get clear of it. And Jack's like, Hurley. And Hurley's like, wait, just a sec. And Kate's like, so what was that about back there? Uh, putting your dynamite in your putting the dynamite in your pack. And Jack's like, I made a judgment call. And she said, We drew straws. He's like, I'm not letting drawing straws to make decisions for us like that, Kate. Me. She says, You you had no right to make that choice. He said, Everybody wants me to be a leader until I make a decision they don't like. You want to keep second guessing me? That's your call. But there's something you need to know. If we survive this, we survive tonight. We're going to have a lock problem and I have to know you've got my back. And she says she does. So lock asks that they're ready. And Hurley's like, wait a second. And he drops his flashlight on the hatch and notices the numbers. So he starts running, yelling, no, no, stop. We can't do this. (laughs) So lock lights the fuse anyway. And Hurley's like, the numbers are bad. Stop what you're doing. 
It's like, why did you do that? And he tries to stamp out the fuse, yelling, the numbers are bad. <laughs> and Jack's like, Hurley, stop. You got to get back. And he tackles him right before the dynamite explodes. So we're back on the raft. And we see a blip on the radar screen and Walt wakes up. And Sawyer's like, it's closer. Give me the flare gun. Michael's like, no, wait. He's like, I'm telling you, it's closer. Michael's like, I know I've got, but I've only got one flare. And Jen says something and Michael's like, okay, you don't see anything. Okay. Sawyer's like, what are you expecting to see? It's dark. And Walt's like, what is it? Is it a ship? And it's like, we don't know. And uh, Jen asks, starboard or port? And Michael's like, port. And so Michael's like, okay, well, and Jen says something else in Korean. He's like, well, what am I supposed to do about it? And Sawyer's like, hey, hon, and you and Chewie want to slow down and talk a second here. <laughs> I'm sorry, I fell out. <laughs> He said, we have to fire the flare. Michael's like, we don't know what it is. It could be anything. We don't know if Saeed's radar even works. Sarah's like, have you ever known that guy to fix something up that doesn't work? Walt's like, it's going away. So <laughs> uh, Michael's like, we're moving. It doesn't make sense. And then Sawyer says, look, just give me the gun or I'm going to have to take it. And he's like, what are you going to do? Shoot me? And Walt's like, it's almost gone. Do something. So Michael fires the flare and Jen lowers the sail. And then Walt's like, it's coming back. It's coming back. So they're laughing and cheering. And But then Jen shushes them. And you hear a boat motor approaching. And floodlights turn on. And then the boat kills its motor. And Michael's like, oh, man, are we glad to see you? And there's a bearded man. And he's like, what's going on? What are you doing out this far out here? Michael's like, we were in the plane crash. We were on the island for a month. And the bearded man's like, plane crash? Well, how about that? Michael says, we were on an island, flight 815. Hey, where are we? And the bearded man says, well, it's a good thing we found you. And Michael's like, yeah, we survived. There's a whole group of people. And the bearded man says, well, ain't that something? Michael's like, yeah. The bearded man said, the only thing is, we're going to have to take the boy. We're going to have to take the boy. And Michael said, what'd you say? <laughs> the bearded man said, the boy, we're going to have to take him. <laughs> Creepy. <laughs> and Michael's like, what the hell's going on? Who are you? And he's like, just give us the boy. <laughs> two men that are on the boat stand up. And Michael's like, I'm not giving you anybody. <laughs> and the bearded man said, well, all right, then. And the floodlight turns off. Sawyer draws his gun, but he gets shot by one of the other two Ooh. of the men and falls into the water. So Jen dives in after him, Aww. and then the two men jump onto the raft, and one grabs Walt, while the other one fights Michael. And Walt's screaming, Dad, Dad! Aww. And Michael gets pushed into the water, and Walt's taken off on the boat screaming. <laughs> and then a woman throws a Molotov cocktail onto the raft and the boat takes off and Michael dives under the water before the raft goes up in flames and Walt screaming, help me. And, uh, Michael screaming, Walt, Walt. 
That was so sad. And then we get another flashback. We see Claire at the caves. And Charlie and Saeed come in with Aaron. And she runs over. and uh, Oh, no. We're just back at the... On the island. And so Saeed... (laughs) Saeed goes over to the water. Shannon runs up to him. And Charlie has a Mary statue in his backpack. God damn it. Damn it, Charlie. So then... Um, this was the flashback. Getting tired. So there's a shot of people boarding the plane, or they're already on the plane. But we see everybody. There's Claire and Kate, Sawyer, Lockjack, Charlie, Saeed, Sun and Jen, and Jen has the watch. And Michael and Walt, Boone and Shannon, Hurley, and Hurley gives Walt a thumbs up. And reads a comic book. (laughs) And Arnst helps Claire with her luggage. So then back on the island, back at the hatch, they uncover it and reveal a long, narrow passageway with a broken ladder going down. Black. So Walt was... Walt was the... Bruce uh-huh. had it wrong. We're going to have to take the boy. That was creepy as hell. I know. The first time I watched that, I was like, what? <laughs> you want what? We don't do that. This isn't Pedro Island, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Walt's like, man, everybody's telling me secrets and taking me on the boats. <laughs> that you was a really like, <laughs> that was a good se- season finale though well there's one more episode though oh that's right we do have one more <laughs> lord you trying to hurry it along they went through every episode yeah I had a long first season yeah but yeah the, the next one is really good yeah, these two were good. It was a good yeah. setup to everything that happened. It was. It was, yeah. It's a good one. The, the flashbacks got a little much, but. Well, it's Lindelof. What do you want? Well, he he loses control. Yeah. <laughs> he just doesn't, he doesn't know how to write cohesively. He just doesn't. He doesn't. I feel so bad for Carlton Cruz because I know. He's probably just like, whatever, then just do mm-hmm. it. Because Carlton Cuse worked on Bates Motel and that thing is laid out so smoothly. Oh, yeah. So you know it was Lindelof. Yep. Yeah. But, but I give both, since it, it was kind of a two part thing, I'll give both the episodes, I give them a four. Smoke Monster, score it. They were pretty good. Yeah, I give them. I give those 4.5s. Yeah. Because that was a good setup. And the only reason it didn't get a five is because stupid Lindelof flashback. Yeah. Yep. 
I mean, really, if they just would do a great big flashback with everybody in the airport. I know. And not try to cut it up so damn much. I know. Then it would work better. But, you know. Whatever. It is what it is. Those were pretty good episodes, though. Yeah, they were both good. Kind of reminds me of what they're doing with the new stand. Oh, that's that's choppy. That is choppy, and people are pissed. Well, it's just that if you didn't read the book or you didn't watch the original miniseries, you have no idea what's going on. Exactly. I would be totally lost. Yeah, if you don't at least know, you know basics of who the characters are and what basically happened, you yeah. are lost. Yeah, it's it, it was way too cut up. It's like they have the whole thing laid out in the miniseries. Mm-hmm. And they chop it up so much that the only person we really got to know was Harold. Yeah, Harold and Stu, that was it. Yeah, plus um, they are they showed... Franny and um, what's his name together? Stu. Yeah. So it's like we already know that she's not going to end up with Harold. Yeah, I don't know what they're trying to do exactly. It's just um, it's, it's not no. that I, it's not that I didn't like it. It's just. No. It's how the story is being told that I have a problem with because I, I, in the books, Franny was like one of my favorite characters and I understand we haven't really seen any flashbacks with her yet. And she's, we're just seeing her going through a trauma. I get it, but she's not the Franny from the book at all. No, because Franny wouldn't have tried to kill herself if she was pregnant. No, I don't know. I don't know what they're trying to do, but I'm hoping that when we get flashbacks, you know, we're going to see her as she was written because she was a great character. But there'll be no character development unless they spend a whole episode like they did with Harold. Which that may be what they're going to do, but it's just, it's a very poor way of telling the story because you're going to confuse the of people i know they think they're doing something neat with their little setups and flashbacks but you can't do that with something that's as well known as that right because everybody already you're not telling us anything we don't already know but i did hear today that the last because they're doing nine episodes Mm -hmm. okay uh, an hour long so they said the last episode is going to be what happens afterward. Hmm. Uh-huh. Like we, you know, nobody knows. Hmm. Uh-huh. Well, I mean, I, and I don't really know who to blame because Stephen King wanted to be in on this one. So he had a lot of input into the writing. So I don't know. I don't know. But if I was Mick Garris, I'd be pissed off. Because he yeah. directed the miniseries, and I'd be like, dude, I laid it out. Yeah, I because don't know. what it should be. It's this plague, and they showed you how it progressed. In this one, it's, oh, it's before, it's after, it's in the middle, it's before, it's after. Yeah, it's, uh, I don't know what they're trying to do. I have no idea, but it's wrong. 
A lot of people I'm, hate it. I'm afraid they're going to ruin it. Yeah. And they should have done they, a two-hour, you know, intro. And it's a shame because they've got really good actors who could pull it off. I know. it. You, they're sacrificing all these good actors. Like one guy said, it doesn't matter what actors you have. If you set it up like this, they can't do their job. Right. Because you're not giving them enough development. Yeah, it's badly written. Uh-huh. Which surprised me because, like they said, King wanted more input this time around. He's been a part of it. Why would you let them do that to your book? I have no idea why he's, I think he's just too old. Everything's been done to his stuff that he's wanted to do, so. I guess. I don't, I hope it gets better, but. I don't know. I'll keep watching just because I like the story. And maybe if they get enough bad feedback, though, they might be able to change. I don't know whether this has already been filmed or whether it's, yeah, I don't know. It last year. I don't know. I know. I'm just, if they're going to continue to do this, okay, fine. Do whatever you feel they need to do. But I'm just waiting for the cool fan who's going to cut this all up into the way it should have been. Right. Because that will be cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know why they chose to do it the way they did. It, it's a little I don't know. They're just trying to be new. <laughs> Which is fine, but you have to do it the right way. Not with that long a story and that many characters. Well, you can't do it like they're doing it with that many characters. But, uh-uh. but Yeah, and with people really scrutinizing it like King fans do, you can't pull that shit. <laughs> no, you can't. No. So, I mean, all better. I'll watch it just because it's one of my favorite Stephen King books, but mm-hmm. I'm not really expecting much from it. No, now that I know this is what they're going to do with it. Okay. Yeah. It's a little disappointing. Yeah. Yeah. I guess Woody Goldberg was supposed to be Mother Abigail in the miniseries, but it she had oh. things going on. Well, I mean, I don't mind her as an actress. I don't. Okay, her political views are not mine, but you know, she's she's not a bad actress. She can do it. Not horrible, Just, but compared to Ruby D, she ain't well, nothing. Well, no, of course, but Ruby I'm just D saying. I mean, people have been freaking out, and I'm just like, oh my god, it could have been worse. Believe me. Well, yeah. I mean, we could have had Beyonce play a mother Abigail. I mean, come on. <laughs> Oh, no, you can't make her look old. Calm down. (laughs) She has to be 106 years old. (laughs) Jeez. And Whoopi Goldberg didn't put on the makeup either that Ruby D had to. Yeah. Because Ruby D looked 106 years old. Yeah, she did. Yeah, she was really good in that. Yeah, it's kind of a shame, but... Yeah, what are you going to do? I mean... If that's the way they want it, that's the way they want it. Yeah. We'll see what happens. Maybe they'll be able to redeem it somehow. But Yeah, I have a feeling that King probably wrote the last of it, you know, what happens yeah. after. And that will probably be good because he's King. Right. Oh. Yeah. Oh, well. Well, we did not have any feedback. Yeah. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> it is what it is. I 
many people just tune in to hear that every week. I know. Just listen to our anguish. <laughs> God damn it. So that's all we got for this week. All right. But we hope everyone has a very, very, very Christmas and happy holidays. Yes. Have a very Merry Christmas. And we will talk to you all next week. And what do we say at the end of our episodes, Carrie? That's right. And send some feedback next time. Bye, buddy. <laughs>